0: This is Windows Observer Launch Control. We are just seconds away from the start of the Observe Tech Podcast. Stand by for final sequencing and launch. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And we have launch of the Observe Tech Podcast. Keeping an eye on Windows and other things tech. Here is your host, Richard Hay of WindowsObserver.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Observe Tech Podcast. I am your host Rich A from WindowsObserver.com and ITProToday.com. This is episode 315 of the show. Doing it on a Monday morning, it's just after 6:30 here on the East Coast. I opted to wait to record this because Microsoft had their big E3 media briefing at 4 p.m. yesterday afternoon. And so I decided I wanted to catch any of the news associated with that to make sure that I got mentioned in here as well. So the show's got a, a heavy, heavy slant towards the Xbox and gaming side of things. I still have plenty of other stuff that we normally talk about, insider stuff, Microsoft things, Windows 10, social media, hardware, software Uh, Space stuff even. Uh, There was a big space announcements from NASA last week. So we're still going to have those normal things and we're going to talk about those normal things as well. I'm going to open up talking a little bit about Windows Insider and where we stand. And I'm going to do something I've been doing I think every week and nearly every day is saying we've got to be on the verge, on the precipice of seeing the first release of whatever is going to be 19H2. That's the second update of the year. Now I'm not saying feature update because as I have said to you all before I'm feeling pretty strongly that that 19H2 is not going to be a full-blown feature update. I think 19H2, as I've said in the past, is going to be a cumulative update. Not a whole lot of new features, but a focus on stability, UI consistency, and things of that nature. So, uh, we're still waiting. Microsoft has not said a lot about it. We've heard a few things from some of the insiders that says we're working on the details. We're going to put it together. We're going to get it ready, and when it's ready, we'll tell you. (coughs) Excuse me. So we could very well be seeing that information this week. We just have to wait and see what's going on. However, the development of 20H1 continues. Uh, we got something like, I, I think my count's at like 14 or 15 builds, but they released build 18912 last week uh, to Windows Insiders. And so we now have uh, the latest with that. The big focus on this one was a discussion around narrator and narrator improvements. That's some work they've been doing in 20H1, so it's good to see that continue. There's a long list of changes, improvements, and fixes for PC side. And in fact, they added a note, uh, what, about a day after they released this? Yeah, a day after they released this, which was released on the 5th, and then it, a note was added on the 6th, about Windows, Inc. Workspace. So they're, Someone noticed that there was a change that when they clicked on the uh, windows ink icon They were getting a different presentation than what we're not used to Right, that pops up and shows you um, uh, Sketchpad and sticky notes and things like that. So apparently this is going to be configurable uh, It's smaller has a direct link to the whiteboard app uh, it has uh if, if you use Sketchpad, you can still make that as an option there as well. So it looks like there's a little bit of change going on around Windows Ink Workspace for 20H1, which is a feature update. We know this already. That's the first feature update of next, for next year, expected in the same March-April kind of time frame. And... Uh, and outside of that, then they still got some known issues, including the, the cheap software stuff that some uh, folks have not fixed. And then they did add a couple of other things, uh, downloading high RAM consumption and can't use some on desktop features on demand to add a feature. So there are a couple known issues. This is not untypical for this early in the process of building a feature update. Uh, so, it's just stuff you have to keep an eye on. Hopefully, you're running that on a single machine in Fast Ring, and that's got your attention and focus right now. Um, they, um, I'm trying to remember, no, they did not do an update on that, so I'm going to get rid of that note. The Windows 10 SDK, that's the software development kit that is used by developers to um, prepare their apps for the next version of Windows, the next feature update that might add some new... Uh, features to the API surface, that came out last week and based on build 18908, which was released to Fast Ring the week before. Again, that's a pretty consistent experience. Uh, Fast Ring build comes out and about a week later, a, a new SDK based on that build for for developers to use in and around the 20H1 development cycle is made available. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, now some folks did some poking around on the latest 20H1 build, 18912, and did discover a couple of things that are kind of hidden, not talked about, but uh, can be accessible. So the first one was some uh, a change to the calendar flyout that you can get when you go down to uh, the system tray and you look at the date. That now has an option to add something to your calendar directly from that flyout. So, that could be very handy. Uh, it's av- it's not um, available on all test machines. It, it's only showing up on some, so uh, somebody on Twitter found that and it was written about. And then the other changes in the settings app and around the delivery optimization. You know Microsoft has done a lot of work on delivery optimization over the last couple feature updates and it's improved a lot. Well, now apparently there will be an option to choose maximum bandwidth in a megabit value that 20H1 will use to download feature updates and things of that nature. So that is another change that was discovered. It's still not a public change because Microsoft hasn't talked about those yet. Uh, Let's see. So we got those two things. Uh, The latest insider kind of insight blog post is about constructive feedback. They brought some attention to this last week. So uh, this, this, if you've never used the feedback hub or if you've used the feedback hub and you'd like to have a little bit better clarity on how to be more effective at it, this is a great page to go check out. It's called, um, Uh, How to provide constructive feedback, and it gives you instructions on how to do that, how to look for existing feedback, how to prepare your feedback, and and provide them information that can really help uh, solve the issue or get the issue in front of the engineers, including the process of how to uh, capture, use capture mode to to actually capture the bug. If it's a bug, if it's a suggestion, there's options for creating screenshots and things like that. Uh, Sticky Notes 3.7, Insights are Back. This is a plus in the fast ring for insiders. Also, some other little tweaks and features with the colors and things of that nature. So, Sticky Notes continues to improve. Uh, On the Windows 10 front, uh, Windows 10 version 1803, which was the April 2018 update last year, that ends its support this coming November. Because don't forget, for consumers, the feature updates in both the spring and the fall have 18-month support cycles. So by the time you get to the end of that 18-month, you've gotta be on the next feature update or a supported feature update. Now, with the changes around the May 2019 update, that means uh, it won't be automatic. Uh, If you're on 1803, for instance, or even 1809, and 1903 becomes available for your system, you're going to get a download and install link on the Windows Update page. It will not come automatically through Windows Update. And at that point, you can click and download and install and start the install process. If you wait and you stay on 18.03 in, for in this specific instance until uh, a few months before its ex- expiration, which is November, then they could then automatically download that next update. Now, what I don't understand 100% is, is that the latest feature update, that since it would be 1903, or would it be the next feature update, which would be 1809? So that's the only aspect of that I don't understand. I've got some test machines set up so I can watch for that and see what happens. Uh, Windows 10 1903, there was discussion that it would not be supported on uh, devices of smaller than 32 gigabytes. However, some reports after that all kind of surfaced, Microsoft has come out and said, yeah, we're going to update your devices that have less than 32 gig of storage. So that has become a non-issue pretty much. But, But the day is coming when a 32 gig device is just, unless it's this new OS that's supposed to come, right? Windows 10 Lite or Windows Lite or whatever it is until that day comes these devices are a challenge to keep updated because of the limited size uh Spotify <coughs> excuse me Spotify came out with Spotify stations last week this is a uh, a listening app very easy access to curated playlist it's in the US now it launched in Australia last year for testing and uh, trying out and now the US audience has access to that. So if, uh, I believe this works on both the free tier and the, and the subscription tier. So if you have that, that's an option for pulling up radio and stuff like that. If you're a Spotify fan, you should be paying attention to a couple of the UWP apps or, or Windows Store apps that are using UWP features and development features that are in the Microsoft Store now. One's called XSpotify. spotify and the other is called uh, SpotTimo, I think, or sp- something like that. Uh, but there's a lot of work. There was a group of developers, apparently, over the last several months that have been working on uh, UWP enhanced third party apps for some services that have really uh, looked good. And uh, they recently announced that and have made those available so you can start using those. I've been using X Spotify and I really like the app. Uh, what else is going on Apple we learned last week they had their big WWDC keynote on Monday they announced new hardware they announced new software they announced that they are getting rid of iTunes and they're replacing it with three different apps on iOS platforms or Mac platforms. However, on Windows, iTunes will continue to be a thing, uh, is what we basically learned. Even though they didn't say that that at that moment, we le- learned later through a couple of different coverage stories that it would continue to be iTunes on Windows for now. Because um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to do a music app, a podcast app, and a new and some, one other. Uh, app that has to do with what itunes does uh syncing or something like that but that is not coming to windows at this point um so we've got a couple blog posts there that answer those questions about old libraries windows and stuff like that uh oh music podcasts and tv those are the three apps it was in, i had it in a later link here uh, firefox has enabled their enhanced tracking protection in their latest update so that is out and available and you can flip the switch on that uh, charter and comcast this was an interesting story because i've experienced this myself uh, charter comcast other companies as they continue to work on their broadband services and and look to find very uh good deals for themselves with broadband uh there's not as many discounts apparently being offered for their cus- tv customers because they don't have to anymore because they're they're doing pretty good on the broadband side and getting people are buying into a lot of Uh, bandwidth because they're cutting the cord which means they're streaming more right so they need faster speeds they need more data cap they need less of a data cap well apparently now because it used to exist i've done it for the last two or three times you call and say look i need to change up my program a little bit i got to cut something out they would send you to this department called the retention department typically at least that's what comcast calls it and you'd usually end up on a very good deal i'm currently on one i did a i did the deal for two years because it was so good And so apparently those are falling more and more to the wayside because the the cable companies don't have to be as uh, as cooperative in that sense because they're getting paid. People are buying higher bandwidth uh, plans, so they may not be buying all their services, but they're making up the money in other spots. Uh, oh, and I did put a link in here to this UWP Community Launch 2019. It's a post on Medium. It's got links to all of the four uh, apps that were released through this process. So real quick, there's the MyTube 4.0 beta. There is a program called Legere, which is a new Reddit client, beautiful Reddit client. And then there is um, Spotimo. That is the uh, this new Spotify client. And then the last one is uh, Kanban Inc., which is a whiteboard for Windows 10 based on the the Windows whiteboard, but another option there. And then, like I said already, X-Spotify, he just made his app open source, but it is also based on UWP and stuff like that. So definitely all this discussion around UWP being quote-unquote dead. And that came up again this weekend around the Xbox stuff because the new Xbox app was released, and apparently it has been built on Electron which is another development language and development platform. So people are saying, okay, everybody who said UWP is dead, why didn't they build it this way? And I I don't know the answer to that, okay? I'm not a developer, so I don't understand the differences between the benefits an Electron app delivers or one that's, uh, because it is in the Windows Store, or one that is built focused on UWP technologies and things like that. So, uh, but UWP features and and API aspects and things like that aren't gone. These this group of developers just released four very good apps plus the one that was already out, Spotify, that really take advantage of UWP features. So this whole discussion around UWP being dead is just it, it seems a silly discussion. It really does. And there are some folks out there on the social media that are invested in that in that quote in that headline, and they're not giving up on it, even though the discussions around it show otherwise. So, that's it is what it is. Uh, Xbox and gaming. Okay, so we had a full string of releases and builds right up until uh, yesterday, the 9th. Preview Delta and Omega Rings got a 1906 update, and so we had several 1906 updates, and Alpha Skip Ahead did get a 1910 update a couple days ago. So, again, the, the Xbox team... That, and the Insider team really do well when it comes to pushing new builds out and the way they go about it. And I don't know if it's different because there's maybe not as many devices as there are uh, Windows 10 fast devices. I don't know what the difference is in their ability to get these updates. Maybe it's a smaller you know, scale from the perspective of what's in the uh, OS and, and the updates, but it's always impressive that there's six or seven builds every week at, of some level head now, and they are working on the 1906 update, which will be the June update, the monthly June update, and then the 1910 update, which is the, uh, the fall update that will come alongside of whatever 19H2 is. Excuse me. So because it's E3 week, you got to know that there are are huge sales going on, including $100 off of Xbox One X. So I've got links to those sales there. Uh, If you're in the market for a game and looking for an update, or maybe you're part of a game and you want to buy the downloads, the downloadable content or the add-ons, there's great deals out there right now. So you should take a minute and look through it because it's a great way to add to your library. Now, the other big aspect of things, and this all came out kind of over the course of the weekend, there were some leaks, and then prior to the Xbox E3 briefing yesterday at 4 p.m. East Coast time here in the United States, the new Xbox app and uh, the Game Pass for PC came out or was made available, or somebody flipped a switch and figured it out. So we now have, uh, in beta testing right now, you have Xbox Game Pass for PC, that will eventually right now the games it's not the full 100 game library but eventually they will have over 100 high quality pc games on that subscription now if you are if you are an xbox live gold subscriber and you don't have any other game pass subscription which is now game pass uh ultimate because there is the xbox game pass for consoles there is the Xbox Game Pass for PC now, and then there's Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So, the Xbox Game Pass for consoles, I believe, is $10 a month. The Xbox Game Pass for PC is going to be um, uh, $9.99 a month on its own, and then you have Xbox Live Gold that you have to have with both of those, right? Well, this new, then we have what was recently announced and has is, is just come out of testing this weekend, I think xbox game pass ultimate or yeah ultimate so ultimate is the whole kit and caboodle so for fifteen dollars a month you get xbox game pass console xbox game pass pc and xbox live gold so that means once the xbox game pc uh, pass gets its library built up and they think that will be built up by august time frame it'll be up to its full complement of a hundred games you will have over 200 games to choose from both console and pc Plus, you'll have Xbox Live Gold and all the benefits of that for $15 a month. That is an excellent deal when you look at the cost of the monthly subscriptions if you were to buy those separately. And uh, there's a deal right now uh, that you can get your first month of Xbox Game Pass for PC if you're not already an Ultimate subscriber because it's included for one buck. And then it will be $5 a month for a limited time after that. So basically that $5 a month is during the testing phase. So it's not going public. So Xbox Game Pass Ultimate did this, right? So Insiders on Xbox Insiders were able to be part of that early Xbox Game Pass Ultimate adoption, switch over our current which I did, and it was very easy to do. You get a great kind of conversion over to the first time. And then they will convert over the standard kind of uh, add-on cards and things like that so it Xbox game pass for PC is going through that same process so if you're if you don't own a console get Xbox game pass PC for a buck for your first month and then it'll be five dollars until they go public until they go to general release so it's a great way to kind of get into the system I've got it on my my uh, main PC in fact last night I downloaded uh, Sea of Thieves the anniversary edition on there it does use the store infrastructure for downloading and things like that but the Xbox app itself is where you manage the game pass you can access the game pass games you can access there's a bit of a store there because you do get a 20 percent discount on the purchase of games and downloadable content just like you do on the console game pass and for game pass ultimate uh, now so it's a great deal it's a great way to have access to a library of games and don't forget Microsoft first-party studios so any studio under the Xbox header that is working for Microsoft and creating games when those games come out on day one, you have access to, access to them on the Xbox Game Pass. And many of the games that got announced this yesterday during the thing, every one of them that was for Microsoft will come out on Game Pass on the day they're released. So it's a great way to get into first-party games. At 15 bucks a month to get the whole kit and caboodle, it's just a great way to go about it. So I highly recommend you consider that. So what other things they announced this week beyond the the Game Passes and all those changes... Uh, the Xbox app beta, I've already mentioned, for your PC games. Easy, hands on. I got a gallery of screenshots for you on WindowsObserver.com. I got the link in the show notes here. Uh, Halo, Halo Infinite was announced, holiday 2020. Uh, They showed some, uh, I think, it wasn't game footage, but it was uh, footage of kind of an idea behind it. So uh, there's that coming in the holiday of 2020. We heard also the day before they talked about EA and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's going to be available on November 15th for Xbox One. Apex Legends Season 2, Apex popped up very quickly from EA huge popularity initially it's kind of fallen back now well the second season will come out in about a month on Xbox 1 as well for Forza Horizon 4 announced their next the uh, next add-on or the the downloadable kind of enhancement for the next one is going to be a Lego speed championship and so you're going to be able to race Lego-looking cars, Lego characters, Lego in, in, in scenery and all of that kind of stuff. So a little fun fantasy game there. Um, and then they also confirmed that a new studio, Double Fine Productions, has joined Xbox Game Studios. So that means anything built by this company goes to you first day on Xbox Game Pass. Um, so some of the games they do are Psychonauts, uh, Broken Age. So they're uh, they are starting to work in that. And there's some blog post here to explain what they're working on. But there'll be a total of. Now, 15 unique standalone studios that make up Xbox Game Studios. And because they are all first-party studios, all their games land on Xbox Game Pass first. So, pretty cool deal there. Uh, Let's see, what else have we got here from E3? Um, The Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 was announced. This thing's going to retail for about $179, it sounds like. Uh, There are details about that. There's a video and stuff like that. So you can check that out. People have been looking for that for a while. This will be compatible with both Windows 10 PC and Xbox uh, consoles. Um, and then the other thing they talked about, which I wish they talked about more, but they didn't was X cloud project X cloud. So this is Microsoft's streaming service that will stream. You'll be able to stream games to your mobiles and your tablets and things and PCs even but what was interesting here is that they also announced that um, your console if you own an Xbox one your console will become a streaming console so we already have that experience right so if you have the Xbox um, if you have the Xbox companion app I guess it's called now um, if you have that and you have a console in your home we could stream on our home network right you could stream to a Windows 10 PC and it wasn't bad at all I played, I've played Forza Horizon 4 and other games from my console on my desktop. So it's a good experience on a local network. Well what they're doing is is you're going to eventually be able to access that remotely outside of your home network. You'll be able to stream your games from your Xbox One console. That preview is coming in October. Now the confusing part of all this is when the xCloud Project X Cloud is going to become available. Some people seem to think that this is all going to become available in October as a preview. Um, I, there's there's a there's a mixed reaction on social media interpreting what Microsoft meant by all this, and there's no specific information about coverage for X Project X Cloud. So hold on a minute. Let me pull something up real quick. Um, about e3 here i want to get their main blog post so i do have a link here it's everything they announced at xbox e3 briefing okay so this is that like 60 games they did announce project scarlet which is the next generation uh xbox console that's going to launch in the holidays of 2020 halo infinite which i mentioned a minute ago is a launch game for that platform uh and then they mentioned all the other games and franchises and updates, so about 60 games they featured. Then they talked about Project Scarlet, they talked about uh, Project xCloud, they talked about this new feature where you can stream from your console. And that's what I'm looking, here it is, okay, so uh, they talked about Scarlet, there it is, okay, bringing Xbox to the cloud. So in addition to delivering players games they want, this I'm reading directly from their blog post, the, and people that and to play with the people they want across console PC, Xbox is empowering people to play whatever they want by bringing Xbox to the cloud first. Xbox announced the ability to stream games from your Xbox One console. It will start in preview this October. So even though we have this capability right now, this is not... Th- this this new preview is a new streaming service that's going to be from your console to your desktop. So it'll start in preview this October console streaming, you'll be able to have access to your Xbox One game library and your Xbox Game Pass titles on the go. So they're talking about being streamed from your Xbox One console to a mobile device. All right. And then they also talked about xCloud and some of the things. Now, people there have gotten a chance to try out xCloud. In fact, I got a link to a story on Windows Central by Jez Corden, who got hands-on with it last night, and he gives a great uh, bit of feedback and, and uh, perspective on it, and it's good. It, it apparently, at this stage in development, is very good. Um, so, uh, let me see Project X Cloud. Uh, so, they don't really give any detail about when X Cloud is going to hit preview. So, this was mentioned in the same paragraphs. The October preview is a specific Xbox One console, your console, streaming to your other device excuse me, your other devices, including mobile devices. Right now, you can stream to your Windows 10 PC, right, from your console on your home network. This is going to add another level to that by being able to stream to your mobile device. So we will, and apparently outside of your home network. So if you're remote, you're at a hotel, you're on a trip, you'll still be able to access your content. So we'll be watching those two things right there. Uh, What else have they done? Xbox app has been rebranded to the Xbox console companion app this past week on windows 10 that some of the social features have come out of that and they're going into the new Xbox app, which is where you access the game pass for PC stuff, but now chat and uh, other things are moving into that. So I, the expectation is, is that eventually the Xbox console companion app will become kind of that link to stream from our Windows 10 device while the social stuff will get moved into the Xbox app itself. Now of course it's very possible that this Xbox app will eventually become the single portal to everything about Xbox on Windows 10 PC. So that will include Game Pass for PC, that will include the streaming from your console, so maybe that's exactly what's happening is they're kinda of slowly moving things over there. So it's, it's something to be watching. It's obviously going to develop over the next several months. Uh, The Xbox Events app came out last week in beta. It's available on iOS and Android. They did this on purpose ahead of E3 so people could watch E3 via that app. But it is available and updated on iOS and Android. And yes, it is true. Microsoft has teamed up with, um, I think it's Axe, right? Um, Let me see who it is. Uh, So it's personal hygiene products. Yes, body lotion, shampoo, shampoo all that kind of stuff it's an entire line of personal hygiene products and it's called lynx xbox and it is a new line of uh, shower gel body spray and deodorant they're neon green Um, and so there is a partnership between microsoft and uh, this is this is by the folks that do ax apparently initially it's only available in australia and new zealand and it should eventually make its way here to the U.S. So, yeah, Microsoft and Xbox has teamed up to to brand their own line of personal hygiene products. Pretty crazy. And then this past week, we also had uh, the initial Stadia Connect from Google. Now, Google Stadia is their... Game streaming platform. And so you need to go watch the video. This is going to be different than Project X Cloud because the benefit of Project X Cloud, as we already know, is that any game in the Xbox library, pretty much. Uh, doesn't need a whole lot of change to it in order to be accessible through the streaming service. Uh, whereas Project Stadia is each game has to be uniquely uh, changed in order to some of them being built ground up in order to work properly on Stadia. You also have to purchase them now. There's a a free version of Stadia that doesn't require the subscription. If you to buy the ten, I think it's about ten dollars a month for the subscription. If you buy that, then you have access to the like highest levels 4K streaming, uh, I forget how many frames per second and all that, you know, the high-end stuff. Then there will be the free version that will run at 1080p, and, but you still have to buy the games. So you don't have to buy the subscription to get the high-level things. So it'll be interesting to see. They did uh, announce and have started to pre-order their Founder Edition. So it comes with a controller. It comes with three months of, of what they call Google Stadia Pro. That's the subscription service. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of develops alongside of Xbox's Project X Cloud. But, I, you know, i got to tell you right now... It, Xbox has got the, the lead on this because of the games, the game library alone. If each developer of games decided they wanted their games available on the streaming service, then why wouldn't you? Um, you know the potential is there for over 3,000 games being available on Project X Cloud, as compared to Project Stadia, which has got you know a handful of launch games and then whatever else is coming later. And they will have some free games apparently, some you know some some scrollers type stuff, you know low end type games, what I'll call it. So it'll be interesting to watch these two, kind of like the Sony Microsoft Xbox uh, competition back and forth. It'll be interesting to watch the back and forth with the streaming service. All right, so busy, busy day with the Xbox E3 media briefing yesterday. Don't forget, there's been other briefings. Last night, Bethesda had theirs. The day before, EA had theirs. And, of course, E3 starts today, so there will be stuff going on all week long. Uh, your best source for E3 content is the E3 website. You, if you want the specific Xbox stuff, go to there. Go to Xbox.com. You'll get a link to Xbox E3, and you'll see all their content there. Much of it's streaming on Mixer as well, so... uh Check it out. Watch it. it. It will be a busy week of gaming-related news. But you got to understand something about the gaming approach with Microsoft. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, <clears throat> Project Scarlet, right? The new hardware that they announced for coming out next year for the next generation console. The uh, There's a lot of details in that video, but then there's not a whole lot of much else but seeing the name. So uh, it's still something that's very much being worked on, but... It, I got to mention one game announcement that probably has me more excited than any other game announcement, and there's a new flight simulator coming. Now, the brilliant thing, you got to watch the video, right? The video is about a minute, minute and a half long, but the, the graphics are beautiful. Uh, this is truly next gen when it comes, and I, I don't have any doubt that its it's, it's uh, representation of the flying experience will be uh, accurate for the controls and things like that. They're using satellite imagery and Azure AI To do this game, to do the scenery and bat and stuff like that. So the the I showed my wife the video last night without showing her any reference to the game, and she just thought it was beautiful video imagery, and it is absolutely beautiful. I got a soft spot in my heart for Flight Simulator. I've played all the different versions. When I made my last deployment twelve years ago on the USS John C. Stennis, I took a laptop with me in Flight Flight Simulator version ten, which was the last big release of Flight Simulator, and. I probably put in seven eight nine ten off duty hours a week, just flying that around mostly sightseeing because that just to consume time and it was a it was just a brilliant right it's just a great experience, and it just looks like this new flight simulator is going to be leaps and bounds beyond flight simulator ten that's now twelve years old, so a lot of excitement about that for me that was the best announcement of e three so far. Um, all right. So moving on from the game stuff, right? Security. I, You've got to go read this story that a tech writer wrote. He uh, was looking for work, had a company approach him through one of the job sites and apparently with a job offer. But eventually it was he determined and figured it out. It was a scam to get access to his bank account through a check depositing and type process. Go read this story because the more you know, the better off you are in being able to prevent these things from happening in the future. Uh, one other hardware thing for Microsoft that did get apparently showed off in an internal event this past week was a dual screen surface device. So we've heard about the patents. We've heard about the, you know, those things that are being worked on. But apparently Microsoft is no doubt working on a surface device that shows a dual screen. So it'll be interesting to watch as that kind of develops in the background as well. As I mentioned earlier, Apple had their big uh, Worldwide Developer Conference kickoff this past week. or They had the conference the whole week. Monday was the big Worldwide Developer Conference keynote. They announced a whole bunch of stuff. So you got iOS 13, iOS TV OS 13 came out, Watch OS 6 came out, uh, Mac OS Catalina came out, the next version of the desktop OS iPad OS was announced. No longer do I, will iPads run the iOS version of the software of the OS. It will have its own OS, iPad OS, and some interesting things there. People discovered there's mouse support. It's an accessibility feature right now, but that means the potential is there to have mouse support in an iPad. Um, the, uh, their new Mac pro their very expensive Mac pro and the pro display XDR that has, that is $5,000 and doesn't even come with the stand. You can buy a, uh, a visa mount for it for about $200 if I remember right. And the, uh, stand for this, which is separate is a thousand dollars itself. And then of course you have the Mac pro that starts around, I, I want to say $4,000 and goes up from there depending on the, the hardware. Uh, so we've got all those things Uh, app development they've they they are now providing the means very similar to what microsoft has tried to do in the past that a developer can uh, produce an app that works on ipad os ios mac os so i've got a link to their highlights and the the big new stuff the the one that's creating a little bit of uh I uh, what would you call it? a little bit of uh concern maybe or you know it's being touted it's being touted as the next great thing because it's going to help people keep things private but it's called sign in with Apple. So if you are an app developer, mandatorily this fall your app has to have this sign in with Apple option. If you use things like sign in with Facebook or sign in with Twitter, so this will be a way to, and it uses a randomized uh, email address that's created. I don't know how it's going to translate over to the web access for these services. I don't know how it's going to translate over if you're also on a PC and you access these services with a username and account, what by it creating this random email address, but the concepts behind it, I don't ha- I, I I like the concepts behind this because of its talk about privacy and how it works in that sense. However, the making it mandatory, uh, that's kind of, I, I think people are going to interpret that. And there's already some discussion on social media that that's a bit monopolistic, that they're forcing this on everybody to use this service. So I, I think there's some more to be said about that coming down the road. I do have you links to Hands On by Rich Woods from Neowin on iPadOS, MacOS, and iOS 13. So you can check that out. In fact, his iPad OS uh, uh, hands-on video is about 14 minutes long. Around the 10-minute mark, he pulls up a picture of me sitting on an airplane flying to build, which we were—we uh, sat across the aisle from each other as he does some editing stuff. So my picture shows up in that hands-on. But, yeah, Rich does a good hands-on. So go check out his hands-on for those new versions of the OS. Uh, Amazon front. Alexa conversations were announced this week. So, this will enable us to utilize multiple skills within a conversation by asking follow ups to our initial question. So, I have to dig into this a little bit deeper because last week was kind of a crazy week for me. We had a microburst on Tuesday. What uh, you know, a microburst is a really quick, sudden storm that forms over top of you. It's usually because of the two barriers of weather and air uh, meeting each other but rather than creating a tornado it's just this really intense um, uh, collection of wind and rain and stuff like that and it creates straight line winds and we had a tree blown over so we had about a 40 50 foot tree blow over tore up part of my new fence unfortunately but it landed parallel to the back line of the fence so, it did cause minimal damage. Um, but so last week was kind of crazy. So, I got to dig more into the Amazon Alexa conversations. I don't, I, I'm sure if it's available now, if it has to be turned on or something like that. So, I'm going to look into that. On the social media front, Twitter has decided to simplify their rules. So, they've reorganized them into three high level categories of safety, privacy, and authenticity. And apparently, their initial rules were. Uh, like 2,500 words long, and now this new is, two, is 600 uh, words long. So they give you a review and uh, content and context around these new rules and how they're going to approach those. It'll be interesting to see if they figure out the algorithm part, though, because let me tell you, as somebody who's been bitten by that algorithm, I really hope that they sort that part out as well. I'd love to get back to my normal sharing on Twitter, but right now that's just not going to happen. I'm not taking that risk. Okay, as I get ready to close out here, some miscellaneous stuff. The big news out of space last week um, is that NASA has opened up the International Space Station about 5% of its resources and capabilities to commercial opportunities, including private astronauts, i.e. tourists, being able to come up. They came out with the the commercial usage policy. They came out with the commercial and marketing pricing policy. There's a low Earth earn, low Earth orbit economy FAQ. So so NASA has come out in the midst of their work towards Artemis and going back to the moon by 2024. They're opening up access to the space station into manufacturing into development in a low Earth orbit in a microgravity environment to commercial companies. And it's funny to see the there's a price list. There's a cost to carry something up to the station. There's a cost to bring something back from the station. There's a difference in the cost if it's trash. And there's a difference in the cost if it has to be refrigerated and have electricity and things like that. So this is a significant move towards commercializing low-Earth orbit. And eventually NASA wants to focus on being in lunar uh, orbit and beyond onto Mars and stuff like that. So they really do want to turn over more and more of ISS and low-Earth orbit to a commercial functionality. So they're still... Uh, Maintaining it running it and getting paid for that by other companies. So it it was it's very interesting to see and they're starting with just 5% of its capability. So eventually I imagine that's going to expand over time. So it'll be interesting to watch as this kind of progresses and matures as well. So um, episode 315. Done for you at 7.15 in the morning on this Monday morning. It's going to be a busy week. I, I really do hope we see the future of 19H2. We'll see, a, probably see another 20H1 build. And, of course, there's so much going on in the gaming arena around Xbox and especially around the technologies that Xbox is being built on because I think that's the underlying aspect here. Gaming is the kind of visual piece we see. But think about the underlying technology. Project X Cloud is on blade servers in all the data centers for Microsoft, right? They basically built the Xboxes into these blades, and that's where that service is coming from for Project X Cloud. They're working on the next generation hardware, both the controller and the console. So uh, personally for me, I'm on an Xbox One S. I'm kind of a laggard when it comes to upgrades, so I will probably keep an eye on Xbox One X for when Xbox One X starts to hit the nice discounts next year because it will before Project Scarlet come out, comes out, and I'll probably make my move to Xbox One X at that point, and then I'll later join Scarlet going down the road. I just like to kind of hit that delay a little bit. Works. It ends up being a little less expensive when it comes to it. So. With that, I'm going to close out episode 315. Thanks for listening, and as always, appreciate you all uh, tuning in each week and uh, your feedback and your questions and all that. You know where to reach me, right? WinOBS on Twitter. You can reach me at windowsobserver.com, and of course, you can catch me for my enterprise coverage at itprotoday.com for my day job. So until next week, oh, by the way, tomorrow's Patch Tuesday. It's the second Tuesday of the month, so get ready to update your systems as well. So take care. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week.